Morning, team. Nice to be company. Thank you, Christo. What a fun show this morning. What a fun show. I don't believe the name about the Beckhams girl. I've been, I've trawled the internet. Harper means somebody who plays a harp. It's not an old English name. I've trawled the old English websites. There's no such thing at all. Harper 7. I think somebody's pulling somebody's leg. It's only it's somebody claiming to speak on behalf of the Beckham. I mean, nobody, unless they were on sort of major medication, would ever call a girl Harper 7. Sounds like the kind of thing you drop in your toilet to make sure that it all goes round the bend and keeps it clear of line scale, doesn't it? What are you using? We're using Harper 7. Really? Where's that come from? I don't know. The Beckhams came up with the idea. It's brilliant, though, isn't it? Here's the news. On FM, online and... Morning, sick. Good Lord, I've brought in the entire Philharmonic Orchestra now. That's very impressive, isn't it? I like that a lot. That's a good start to Monday morning. That makes you feel really good about things, actually. That makes you feel even better. Well, I, I wandered out the building earlier on because I had to put my, my, my tax cheque in the post and it, it took an awful lot to actually put it into the post box. I was sobbing so much I couldn't see the slot. And, and, I, posted, and I thought I could do with something this morning. It boosts me up. That's very nice. I was forewarned, I have to tell you. So for people who collect LBC jingles, there's another one to add to your list. You'll be hearing lots of those throughout the uh, the day. Anyway, I hope you had a good weekend. It was all very good. We came to the uh, the end, didn't we, of the News of the World. That managed to get loads of those publicity. I think they sold an extra two million copies. Uh, Victoria Beckham's given birth. I do not believe, I'm sorry, with the best will in the world, that the name is Harper Seven. Seven because they say it's his favourite number. I didn't think they'd actually decided on a name just yet. And if they did do it, it certainly wouldn't come from a friend. It would, it would come from the Beckham's camp themselves, I would have thought. Harper Seven. Somebody said it's an old English name that Victoria's favoured. Since when did Victoria Beckham been interested in old English names? And it's not an old English name. I've been through, there's hardly any H's. I said to Holly, I've been through them and there's hardly any H's for girls. I think there was one called Heloise or something, or Helibor or Helibam or something like that. Very old-fashioned, but nothing that says Harper, which, which sounds to me an Americanism. That, OK, Harper, Harper. You know, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? And it could be anybody. It's like Jordan in America. It could either be a boy or a girl. I think over here it's roughly the same. Anyway, nice to have your company. And um, the loose swimming sackings. We did that last week. We did that last week. We knew that they were going to start having a shake-up. They have to, because the audience has, has dropped. Colleen Nolan's going, can't be soon enough, because she's... We were discussing earlier on, actually, and Holly had reminded me that every time there's a bloke comes on there, sort of, for some reason, Colleen Nolan sort of starts edging up to them and sort of, you know, thrusting her bosoms in their face, really. It's a little bit off-putting, you know. I mean, because, frankly, you do see her bosoms before you see the rest of her. They almost have a chair for themselves. And uh, she's constantly going on about you know, my, my, my chest. And I'm thinking, it's almost a wardrobe, dear. It's not so much a chest. It's an entire wardrobe. And she, she sort of edges up to these blokes, one of whom the other week looked frightened out of his life. You know, something like that. Come, and that's almost like sitting, you know, in the phone box and something akin to the Titanic comes up the road. And you think, it's going to squash me. And, that, and that's Colleen Nolan, I'm afraid. Denise, you know, OK, I suppose, but... You know, unfortunately, the pictures of her being drunk in the papers. And I got a bit annoyed about seeing the pictures of Rebecca Brooke smiling over her face, going out for a lovely lunch with uh, with the the whopping cowboy, as he's now been called by the mirror. And and you think, yeah, I'm sure you're really happy. What about all those people who've lost their jobs? They must be thrilled that you're out there enjoying yourself. And um, it's it's claimed that all sorts of people were targeted. Uh, more on the loose. We did this. You know, we did yesterday. I asked you which loose women you would like to see out. And it was amazing how many of you thought that they'd, they'd made the right decision. We've actually got rid of the right people on the programme. Jedward could be helping out uh, Louis Walsh as mentoring. 
the tone-deaf duo that is, uh, that is Jedward. They're most peculiar, aren't they? And uh, who are the people who they're thinking of bringing in to lose swimming? They say Dawn French, Carol Vorderman, Caroline Quentin. None of these people will want to. They won't have the money to pay these people. You know, you might as well put down God, Moses, also, you know, anybody you like, because they, they won't get them. They're just trying to come up with names. And then they've actually said, um, how about, uh, you know, Dawn French and Sally Lindsay would be very funny together. Well, I'm sure they would be. But there's no evidence to suggest that they would be. The other one that they have to lose, I'm afraid, at the moment, and I said it yesterday, and it grieves me to say that Sarah Millican's got to go, because she's on everything. And now the joke has run a bit thin. You know, very funny, northern single woman, can't get a boyfriend, you know, can't understand way, and all that. It's great, it's fun, you know, but it's, it's reached the end of its line. It was a one-trick pony, and the pony has given up. Talking of ponies, God, there's a link to everything on the show this morning, I can't believe it. What sort of person or persons, 12 of them, take a pony and trap and push it into a river... And, and somebody tries to rescue it. They literally lead it into the river. They, they're trying to kill it, quite clearly. And then they do it with another one. It's in the paper today, and I heard it yesterday. And I thought, what group of people would have a pony and trap in the first place? Because I don't know anybody with a pony and trap. No, there might be some people around here. Probably stables hidden behind the, uh, the buildings. And they lead it into this... Into, this pony is quite clearly trying to get out, and it can't. So some member of the public, quick-thinking, goes in there. The pony kicks him. He has to be taken to hospital because they've got a kick on them, ponies. And um, and you just think, why would somebody ever want to do that? Why would somebody ever want to do that? And then, and then to, to cap it all today, Fern Britton has had a midlife crisis and put a tattoo on her leg. Luckily, it's only a stick-on tattoo. We were a bit grateful. Holly got worried earlier on that it was a proper tattoo. It's only stick-on tattoo. It's from her daughter. And um, it's... it's um, Apparently, she says, um, uh, Phil agreed that it looked good. So in my head, that was a green light. I had to ring him from the tattoo. Oh, no, it is a tattoo. Oh, right. So she has absolutely had it. Oh, my goodness me. She decided to get it after her daughter gave her the stick. Oh, no. Sure about that, then, Holly. Tattoo of a butterfly on your, your ample tummy is really not, not the kind of thing that we want to see, is it? Also, don't want to see... Uh, uh, Raoul Moat's family and friends out there, all stupid to a core, holding a vigil for this murderer. Pictures in the papers of the stupidest family under the sun, I'm afraid. JLS didn't go to Western Supermare. I was gutted, I only wanted to watch T4 for JLS. Big fan of JLS. Love the new single. Love the dance routines. And they pulled out, despite arriving at 7.30. I think what they did, they had a bit of a queenie fit. Because they must have done, because we ended up with... Nicola Roberts. Oh, it was the most ghastly thing I've ever seen. Out of her depth, the crowd quite clearly weren't remotely interested. They really weren't. It was it was terrible, I'm afraid. But um, it, it was, and also the song was boring. But JLS got there early for a sound check and a stage rehearsal. It kept being pushed back. By the time they were ready at nine thirty for the sound check, the gates were open and the crowds were already being let in. So the ever- because you don't rehearse in front of the crowd coming in. I thought, what, what would you do that for? The whole idea is that it's supposed to be a surprise. The crowds come in, and they, if they see JLS rehearsing, they go, oh, it's JLS rehearsing. And it's, it's not the same. I mean, I like the element of surprise. I don't go out before any of my shows. I don't, nowhere at all. I just sort of stay there sort of waiting, because then it's a surprise for everybody. <laughs> Sometimes for me. But for sort of poor old JLS, in the end... They just said, you know, that there's no, there's no way we could do a huge show without a sound check or a camera rehearsal. 
Because they have to know where the cameras are. You have to do it. Every TV show has camera rehearsals. Loose women, they'll be saying, right, Colleen, that's your seven cameras over there. I'd like to concentrate on those. And uh, Zoe, no cameras for you at all today, I'm afraid. It's all finishing after Easter. Sorry, after, after the, uh, the summer holidays. But, uh, but Nicola Roberts, oh, dreadful. Why can't these people just stick to one thing they know how to do? She's either a fashion person uh, or she's a singer. She certainly isn't a singer, as proved the other day. This just ghastly, just ghastly. Um, and the woman who was given the job, Mary Portis, of saving our high street has just gone on holiday for a month. Just turned up in a little little fishing village and uh, she said, I'm, I'm out of contact now, I'm having a holiday for a month. I thought, it's only just been decided, hasn't it, by David Cameron, that you're going to save the high street. I don't know what would save the high street. I did hear somebody earlier on uh, telling Christo that uh, the computer and the internet will be the death of the high street. No, the high street was dying long before that, long before the computer. And the computer will still outsee it all because, to be honest with you, the only reason you go shopping in the high street is for things that I wouldn't buy online. I wouldn't buy sandwiches online. I wouldn't buy meat online. I wouldn't buy ice cream online. You know, even from Ocado or any of the other big supermarkets. I want to go out and see it. You know, I want to see things like that. I wouldn't buy medicines online. So you're always going to have the high street chemist. We're always going to have goods. We're always going to have boots and things like that. And that's where, where people go to. Clothes, I, I'm sure that some people do like buying online. I personally need to see the item first of all. But there's everything else you can do online. I mean, you don't need banks anymore. You might as well close banks down because you can do everything online. I pay my bills online. I get paid online. You know, we don't actually see the money. It's transferred electronically through the air and it arrives in your account and they send you a piece of paper saying, we've just transferred this amount of money. And then the tax man writes to you and says, I'd like this amount of money. And that's when, that's when you start sobbing. But apart from that, you don't really need the high street. I like the high street being there. Because it, it's sort of, I think it's, it's something we shouldn't lose. But you don't necessarily need it. You don't need to go out to buy books in WH Smith. You know, you do need to go out to buy birthday cards. So a birthday card shop or the corner shop would do very well. Because you need to go and buy that. And also the corner shop is useful for when you get to sort of half past night. You get, oh, I've got no more milk. Run over the road to the corner shop. Who's got milk? The corner shop. What have they got? They've got anodins, aspirin. They've got everything. The corner shop is, is the stalwart of the high street nowadays. Fruit and veg, you wouldn't buy fruit and veg online, would you? You would buy fruit and veg from the fruit and veg shop. That's how it worked. What did I buy the other day? Oh, I bought these little peaches in here. These little um, donut peaches. They're very nice, you know. They were very nice. I like those a lot. And I nearly, as I say yesterday, bought a pomegranate. And they were, they were a quid each. And I thought, should I buy... I couldn't remember if pomegranates were good for you. And then somebody said they are good for you. And then I thought, it's a superfood. Superfood. But I, I don't know how you eat them. I think you just slice them and then you... We used to do it with a pin, but I mean, it was so tedious. So I don't know what the answer is for doing them. And then somebody said you run your f- fingers around the fruit and that loosens up the... But they're quite nice. And then I thought Marks and Spencers actually do pomegranate seeds. You can buy... I mean, it's, everything's made simple for you now. You can probably buy a peeled apple. I know you can buy a peeled orange. What if you could ever buy a peeled banana? <laughs> it's a bit of a waste of time, doesn't it? You never find bananas in fruit salad. I love bananas. Holly had a banana this morning. I was looking at it thinking, oh, let's go and buy bananas later on today. But I like them slightly green. I like greenish, but I, I don't like soft, squidgy bananas. I'm not very good. I don't like soft and squidgy. But uh, I love the story in the paper today of an armed robber. The reason I love it is because he's the world's biggest idiot. He's aged 21 and three quarters, but his mental age is about seven. And uh, he denied taking part in an armed robbery. But in fact, silly little girl's blouse... Jonathan Okola, 21, had written it in his diary. 
go to Portsmouth, commit robbery. What a buffoon of the first order. Silly little girl's blouse, poor little Jonathan. Uh, his pal, Rashid Dalawala, had already admitted a threatening staff at a bookmaker's with an imitation firearm, but student, Okola, told police he was at home watching football with his brother. But, in fact, he'd written it in his diary because he was a simpleton, ladies and gentlemen. What amazes me is that they're both sentenced uh, a little bit later. He comes from uh, Ilford. I think one is from Dagenham, one's from Ilford. Shame is it. What an embarrassment to your parents you are, Jonathan. Just silly little girl's blouse and take the earring out. That's for girls, all right? But anyway, he is going to be sentenced later this month. But they've been released on bail. Why don't we just keep them locked up? So much easier, isn't it? What a buffoon he is. A student. Obviously learning to write your own name, love, I should imagine. Quarter past five. These are the headlines as Rupert Murdoch arrives in London to deal with the hacking scandal. There's mounting pressure on the government to freeze his planned takeover of B-Sky-B. It's understood government lawyers are trying to find a way to put the brakes on to avoid the embarrassment of the Lib Dems siding with Labour in a Commons vote. The head of the UN Refugee Agency says the drought in Somalia is the worst humanitarian disaster in the world. Ten million people are affected and refugee camps are said to be at breaking point as they fill with people desperate for food and water. Victoria Beckham's given birth to a baby girl, her first daughter, with her and David. Harper Seven, is apparently her name, was delivered yesterday afternoon in Los Angeles. Let's have a check on the uh, state of the roads for you this morning. Get you there nice and quickly with the help of Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. We're starting with the southbound M1. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Chirpy Steve Allen. <laughs> on a Monday morning. It's forced, I have to tell you. Although I did, when I went out to post my, uh, my sort of check to the uh, Inland Revenue, <laughs> so I, uh, as I came back, a car had been stopped by two police officers on on motorbikes and I'm, I cannot ride a motorbike for like, how people stay on these things I'll never know but they'd stop this guy and I kept thinking all he's got to do is get out and run but he was emptying his car for them quite sweetly so what they stopped him for I had no idea but I was I always want to stand there and watch but you don't like to in case they go keep moving keep moving and uh, but I, I did want to stand there and watch and find out exactly what it was there's good news for victims of pancreatic cancer because vitamin A found in things like wait for it broccoli and carrots could treat it. The disease which killed uh, Patrick Swayze. Seems hard to believe he's gone, doesn't it? Two years ago, 2009, Patrick Swayze died. Um, It takes 7,500 lives every year. But they found that injecting vitamin A into healthy cells surrounding the cancer helped to combat it. Now, I do like broccoli. It is very good for you. I never used to eat... In fact, actually, I, I, I tell a lie. I do eat broccoli, but I haven't eaten vegetables for a little while. I don't know why. It's only because I look in the supermarkets, and there doesn't appear to be a great deal out there. There's no sprouts for a start. So I might have to go out and buy frozen sprouts later on today, because I've just got a craving for sprouts. And then I thought, perhaps I should have today some rice with vegetables, and sort of cut up broccoli and put some peas in there, and carrots. Carrots are a bit boring. I can't get on with carrots at all. I don't know why. You can never make carrots look interesting. People say at Christmas, ooh, honey-glazed carrots. And I go, rubbish. Absolute rubbish. I can't think of anything worse. But I quite fancy the idea of some rice with peas and broccoli, because that's quite a filling meal, isn't it? Not very expensive. Not that I'm too worried about the expense side of it, but I just think it's... I should start eating vegetables again. Because I never used to eat them very much as a kid, but I suppose I could eat them now. I keep looking at this picture of this armed robber. He's got the biggest girl earring in that you've ever seen in your life. But, uh, here he is, 21 and three quarters. You're going to prison. Because <laughs> apparently the people in the shop, in the, uh, were absolutely mortal. They don't, if somebody points a gun at you, do you stand there and go, what do you reckon, real or not? I have no idea. They didn't know either. 
Millionaire Dragon's Den star Levi Root is a bit of a naughty boy at the moment. Not the first person we've heard of, because we had this from Louis... Louis... Who was the camp one who appeared dancing and... And... Louis... Louis Spence, that one. He also lives in council property, doesn't he? And yet they've all earned money. Levi Roots has refused to leave his housing association flat, despite claims that he's earned a lot of money. He still lives in a two-bedroom home where he developed his famous reggae-reggae jerk sauce. He moved there 20 years ago after serving a jail term for drug possession. Um, His rent is reportedly 450 quid a month... And people have said his firm's worth £35 million. I don't think it's worth that much. But uh, Levi Roots, whose name is Keith Graham, says, There's no way I can leave my roots. Kids run up to me. I inspire them to work and make their lives better. Single mother Donna Copeland says it's unfair he's living there. You know, if somebody's got loads of money, they should move out and make way for people who don't have anything. That's what, that's what the housing was set up for. The landlord Meridian declined to comment. Bit unfair, isn't it? Perhaps they're embarrassed. Perhaps, good Lord, I'm a bit embarrassed here. Tess Daly didn't know she was still going. Does she still have a career on the television? Tess Daly and, um, and that husband, Vernon, Vernon Kay. Here she is. She's got, um, it's summer style with Tess Daly. Because it's like somebody who is a very small size needs to advise a lot of you ladies out there on how to dress. I find it incredibly patronising. Incredibly patronising. Um, and here we go. This is Beauty Talk with somebody called Pixie Woo. Can't believe somebody's called Pixie Woo, can you? But they are, apparently. And it's Jerry Halliwell's holiday makeup. First of all, make £18 million. Then buy whatever you want. <laughs> and there's a diet here for a lot of people. And uh, I, I did tell you, remember I told you yesterday, coming out in the new year, apparently, um, there's going to be Christine Bleakley's workout. She's bringing out a DVD. Well, I'm telling you now, don't waste your money. Do not waste your money. Between now and the new year, why don't you go to the doctor... Go to the doctor or follow that, go onto the internet. There's a million and one diets on there for free. You don't need... I mean, I'll, I'll sell you a brick, if you like, for 20 quid, and you can walk up and down it. Or failing that, why don't you just find a, some steps? Walk up and down, walk up and down, walk up and down, walk up and down. You could do that if you don't live in a bungalow. If you live in a bungalow, you could put a little step out. You could do it yourself for nothing. You don't need to spend 16 quid. Look at the poor old Colleen Nolan. Ballooned like anything. Look at uh, Kerry Katona brought out the fitness DVD. What's she doing? Piling it all back on again. Because all these people go, oh, isn't it great? I'm, I'm thin. I can eat whatever I want. I'm thin. I'm beautiful and gorgeous. No, you're not. And yes, you are piling it all back on again. And uh, Natalie Cassidy, another classic example of somebody who lost it all because they offered them 20 or 30,000 quid. The woman on uh, The Only Way is Essex, the really fat car salesman, she's been offered 20,000 quid to do a DVD. My advice is do not waste your money on any of them. It's a life change. It's not, it's not a quick thing that you do over Christmas. In fact, if you want to lose weight, why don't you start today? Start today. I'll tell you what, we could all do it. OK, ready? One, you could do it sitting in your chair. Lift one leg up, put it on the floor. Lift one leg up, put it on the floor. I'm going to charge you for this at the end of the programme. One leg up, put it on the floor. OK, and then running on the spot. There we go. And stop. Don't need to do anything else. If you're in bed, lift one arm up, put it down. One arm up, put it down. Lift one leg up in the bed. Take the duvet off first, otherwise it hurts. OK, then you go. Look, do you feel better already? How much did that cost? Nothing. OK, now sit down, have a bar of chocolate and, uh, and a cup of tea. I should do a DVD, the Steve Allen Easy Guide. <laughs> Brian says, I quite fancy Sherry Houston on Loose Women. Should I seek medical advice? Well, she'd be up for it, Brian. She is single. She cannot find a man. Not for many, many years. 
Uh, Steve, are we sure that the Beckhams aren't fans of the Marx Brothers? And I've actually named her Harpo. <laughs> he was the one who didn't speak, do you remember? He never, he never spoke Harpo Marx. He could speak, he just didn't. And uh, after the US media frenzy over Mariah Carey and other celebs naming their babies strange names, this is one way Victoria can get the same publicity. I bet she was furious she couldn't meet Prince William. I bet she was going to her baby, I love you, I love you, you really screwed up big time. <laughs> Just to clarify, when David Beckham was asked for the name of his new baby daughter, he said he'd announce it at half past seven. Yes, we had this from Bill Overton earlier on. It's probably quite true, actually. Half past seven. What, what time was the baby born? Half past seven. All right, what are you calling it? Sorry, half past seven. There you go, and then before you know where you are, that's it. Uh, 84850, uh, steve at Why are people so rude? Says Paul in Weybridge. A bloke was just swearing at a bloke who works in a petrol station. And, uh, wh- why would you... I, mean, I never know, at this time of the morning, they don't actually come out to fill the car up, do they? Are there any filling stations anywhere where somebody actually comes out and says, how many, how many litres would you like? Or is it all self-service? It's all self-service, isn't it? That's what I thought. I love it. I stand there and they go pump number and, of course, I do my complete dumb act. I go, oh, I don't know, it's over there somewhere. <laughs> and make them work for it. They go, well, was it there? Which It's the big car, the big car. I'm filling the big car up over there, OK? And then they do their bits and, um, you know, would you like any of these chocolate bars, three for a pound? Excuse me, you tried to kill me, I'm diabetic. I always have a great fun at a filling station. You can have great fun. And then you sort of go out there thinking, I don't know, do I need to buy some wood for the fire or a coffee mug? Because there's all these sort of strange things, apart from, you know, apart from buying petrol and oil. And I'm sure if you asked them about oil, they wouldn't have the faintest idea, because most of them are in there dumb as anything in filling stage. They've got no idea. But I do play that game. And when they go, pump number, because most people go up and go, pump number three. And then, you know, they go, six pounds, and they put it on a credit card. There was a bloke yesterday, I'm in Marks and Spencer's, and I was buying, what did I buy? I bought three, three bottles of water, some strawberries, and a salad, because I was feeling a bit healthy. And I bought some coleslaw. And uh, there's a bloke there. And he's loaded up his basket with things. In fact, there were two people, actually. And they get to the checkout, and the checkout goes, Oh, um, would you like a bag? Uh, um, yes, please. Uh, 5p or 9p? And he went, Oh, have you got any free bags? And so she went, Yeah, but they're little tiny bags. They're for putting a sandwich in. So he stood there, this cheapskate, while she was putting... I mean, he ended up with four little bags full of his shopping. And I thought, what a stupid man. You've been shopping in Marks and Spencers and you're quibbling over five pence. What an idiot. What an idiot. And there was another bloke there as well doing exactly the same. So I said to the girl when I got there, I said, I'll have a 9p bag. I said, isn't it funny how some people are so tight over buying a carrier bag? And she went, do you think so? And I thought, I've obviously wandered into the wrong place today. Marks and Spencers got some really dumb people in it at the moment. But, but interesting that some people, and we had it before, do you remember Nick Ferrari did this big thing about people wouldn't spend money? The money goes to charity, but they didn't want to spend the money on a carrier bag. They'd rather have it put in little bags. It's like I bought a load of, what did I buy the other day? I bought a load of sweets for the staff uh, in, the, in Poundland, and they ask you the dumb question. You're there with 12 items. Would you like a bag? No, I'll balance them on my head, you thicko. Of course I want a bag. It was so ridiculous that Marks and Spencer's charge, and the money goes to charity. But to watch this, I felt like saying, are you really the tightest bloke in the world, or are you just dumb? It's 5p! 5p, for God's sake! Or 9p for a really strong bag, and that's a bag for life. But he looked too stupid, I didn't think I'd bother. This is LBC 97...
Morning, London. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. It's nice to have your company this Monday morning, although many of you are getting ready for your holidays. Should be sort of packing and then unpacking and then repacking and then putting... And then, I don't know, do we need seven pairs of shoes? Some people, it, it just takes forever. I'm the worst, I'm afraid. I have to get all the clothes out on the bed, and I like new to go on holiday with. I don't want old clothes, because I think you walk on the beach, it looks like you've just thrown some stuff in a, in a small overnight bag and then turned up at the airport. A new report out today is arguing that whales feel pain. I should blooming well think they do. I should blooming well think they do. What I find so disgusting about the whaling ships, and, and to be honest, I've normally not sort of bothered with things like that, is, uh, is when they sort of drag them on board, and then these people with these huge knives, I mean, can only the scythes, they look like, start cutting them off. They cut the fins off and everything else. They've been known to cut them off dolphins and then throw them back in the sea. A pointless exercise, if ever I saw one, but uh, that's, uh, that's whaling ships for you. And am I the only one who thinks that, you know, it really isn't nice to see Rupert Murdoch and Rebecca Brooks, who's obviously decided not to go for the paint palette, because she seems to have avoided makeup for the last few days, doesn't make her look any more sympathetic. Standing there grinning all over your face when 200 people lost their jobs the other day isn't the way forward, but no doubt they'll be talking about that on uh, Nick Ferrari's breakfast show this morning. Uh, Victoria Beckham has child, unbelievable, and Dizzy Rascal has been uh, kicked off a flight. Uh, his name's Dylan Mills. It's funny how people, you know, Dylan Mills. I think my mother was going to call me Wardrobe 3. In the light of the Harper's... I can't believe they've called it Harper 7. I think it's that old gag. What time was it born? Harper 7. That's what I think it is. I'm totally convinced Bill Overton was right. Anyway, Dizzy Rascal was kicked off after abusing a stewardess. You silly little boy. Dizzy, 25, hurled foul-mouthed insults in business class when tempers flared as passengers were kept waiting due to a technical glitch. The flight took off three hours late, but Dizzy was marched off by police and missed his gig in Portugal. Good! Good! Stupid man abusing women on a flight. That's not uh, that's not very nice, is it, Mr. Rascal? Or as we should really call you, Mr. Mills. BA say he could face a lifetime ban. Well, put it this way, I should imagine stewardesses wouldn't want to fly with this idiot. Not a nice person at all. Uh, also, the papers today. There was a bit actually. They they did a lovely bit about William and Kate meeting all these stars in America. I thought he handled himself very well. She looked lovely. They also, I bet the, all of them, he met everybody from Barbara Streisand to Tom Hanks. Yeah, I mean, they were all there, the good and the great. He met everybody. He met everybody, which is, uh, which is fantastic. So uh, well done to them out there. But they did a piece on, um, on The Only Way is Essex, the real The Only Way is Essex, and uh, looking at the people who live there, and then looking at the cheap, tarty ones who appear on the television, who are nothing to do with Essex. Nothing at all to do with it. They've got Amy Childs, they say, appears to be dressed for a fairy tale ball, but it was actually at a polo match. Quite clearly, as the paper have said here, it was a world away from the royal scene in Essex. They tried too hard, it came off looking shabby, cheap, and a little bit tarty. Now, that kind of sums them up, doesn't it, really? Because uh, they were there, Maria Fowler and Joey Essex... These people who five seconds ago would never have been doing anything like that, but overdressing, where they do look like, they do look trampy. Nobody wears this. I've been to loads of events in Essex, and not once, thank God, have I seen anybody that looks like this motley collection of show-offs. Amy, no talent, Childs, I'm afraid. Silly little girl, why don't you dress properly? Is it not possible? Do you have to go out troweled on makeup with bad skin? 
Perhaps you're taking after your, your mentor. I don't know, it's the kind of thing that you sort of worry about, isn't it? But it does give a very bad impression of Essex, uh, which isn't there, really. If you go out to the countryside, they aren't these people. This is just one little tiny section, and frankly, nobody goes near them with a barge pole. Uh, Dallas is coming back. They've been commissioned for ten episodes. They did a pilot, if you remember. I think it was either earlier on in the year or late last year, and they've decided that they're going to follow the siblings. So you're going to see John Ross Ewing... The third, see, I can only remember John Ross Jr., uh, Eleanor Ramos, uh, you've got Sue Ellen Ewing, who still goes, she looks quite good actually when you consider how, how long she's been going, J.R. Ewing, Larry Hagman is now 79, 79, they've got Anne Ewing, who's the, my stomach's having a right field day today actually, uh, Christopher Ewing, oh you've got Bobby Ewing of course, he was the one who wandered into the shower and it all turned out to be a dream, do you remember that one? That was very odd. And then also, even odder, because we all follow the papers, Jock Ewing dies in real life. But, but Ms Ellie, and they had the pokiest kitchen you've ever seen. And considering that they were an oil-rich family, it's so funny. When you see the Russian oligarchs' places nowadays, the, the, uh, the poor old Ewings look like paupers. Because they never seemed to have any money. They never had big flash rolls or anything like that. He just had a big hat on. And that was supposed to signify how rich Ewing oil was. And then you see Ms Ellie in their pokey little kitchen... And then Jock died in real life, bless his heart, and she's still making phone calls to him. Jock, is, is that you? Oh, hi. Hi, yes, we're all fine. JR sends his love. Goodbye. I thought, he's dead. Who were you talking to? Very interesting. But they're going to bring it back. And so it's who reshot it. Patrick Duffy, Barbara Bell Geddes. I don't think she's with us anymore. Linda Gray, Jim Davis. I used to like Charlene Tilton. Jim Davis was Jock Ewing. And uh, Charlene Tilton was the, uh, the poison dwarf. <laughs> was very funny. Uh, Harper Lee wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. Maybe the Beckhams finally read a book, says Liz. I think maybe coloured one in. I don't think they've actually read one. Uh, Ron says, when I, they asked at M&S if I want a bag for life, I told them, I can't make the commitment. It's quite a good one. It's an old one. Fiona says, there's a two-pump petrol station in Smallfield in Surrey where they do fill your tank up and you can relax. Sadly, she says, you still have to pay. That's the downside, isn't it? The paying bit. Uh, Lynn says, Harper 7 sounds like a space expedition. Well, let's face it, Victoria Beckham is not of this planet. Oh, probably true, actually. Probably true. And um, on the uh, the subject of bags, it's amazing, actually. It's not so much the, the P for the price that people get upset about, but the P for the principle and the fact they're having the P taken out of them. Peter, it's going to charity, you tight-fisted so-and-so. It's 5P, you meanie. You can afford to send a text, but you can't afford 5P. You are the tightest person we've ever met. Dreadful. Dreadful. He said, I'm aware that council properties and high owners debate. It's right that people with high income should not live in council properties. It's not council property. OK, this is housing association, uh, housing association property. If they do, they should pay a higher rent. I think the issue is that we need the space more than we need the income. However, uh, I do not see it right that someone who's lived over 20 years should move because, um, because all of a sudden they've got money. Well, they should absolutely. It's, it's, it's sheltered accommodation, isn't it? People with not much money. Mind you, you're tight, aren't you? You wouldn't spend 5p on a bag, so no hope for you whatsoever. Um, hope that's brown rice you're using, says Jacqueline. Certainly isn't. It's white. I only like the white rice. I, don't, I don't, do not subscribe to the fact that brown rice is actually better. I know people said, oh, brown bread's better. It's no better for you than white bread. It's ridiculous. People go, you know, would you like some brown rice? No, I wouldn't. I'd like the white rice, and I'm not wearing sandals or a caftan. I should not be out there smoking weed or anything else like that, I'm afraid. Quite ridiculous, isn't it? You know, you can, uh, it's good. Uh, Steve, if you're going to do any kind of DVD, says Colin, can you do one of your live performances so your fans elsewhere in the world 
who cannot be there to see you, can still enjoy your show. If you sold them through the LBC website, I would definitely buy one. Well, there you go. It's worth thinking about, I suppose. Worth thinking about. And uh, one here from Phil, who says, maybe people buy celebrity Keep Fit DVDs just to have on their shelves. They probably don't exercise. They don't. They do not exercise. It's proven that, that you don't lose any weight at all. You know, these, these people put it on. Kev says, they have attendance service at the petrol station at Jack's Hatch, just past Epping Green. Don't even know where Epping Green is. And uh, one here, passion fruit, coconut water and lychee smoothie. Really bad for you, smoothies. Can only tell you that now. Really, really bad for you. You know why? Sugar. Sugar. Full. Oh, full of fructose. Really bad for you. And, um, Steve, what is wrong with fat girls wearing miniskirts? Monday morning and I see one now. Well, you mustn't look. You must look the other way. Avert your eyes. A bit early for people in miniskirts, isn't it? Uh, Steve, the police usually invite people to empty their car of their possessions prior to towing it away for having no insurance, says Alan in Barnsley. Do you know, you're right. They do. They do. You've been stopped. You've got no tax or insurance. Okay. Somebody will be along to let the car. So you better take out. The- You're right. That's what they do. I love it. I love it. When, when somebody, I saw it on the television once. It was one on one of those police camera action type programs. And somebody there had been stopped because they had no insurance. And there were four of them. In fact, there were two incidents on the same programme. And they were on their way to the airport. And the, uh, the police said, well, we're, we're repossessing the car. So we're going to the airport. Okay, well, you're not now. And they all had to walk off down the slip road and go and find a minicab. And then there was another bloke driving a car and his mother was sitting in there and somebody else in the family. And they went, have you got a licence? He went, no, my mother's got a licence. They went, well, you can't drive the car because your mother's got a licence. And they assumed that as long as there was somebody in the car who had a licence, it was OK. They, of course, were lying through their teeth. And again, their car was, uh, was repossessed as well. Uh, Steve, frozen Brussels sprouts are disgusting. Fresh sprouts are lovely. They're not in season, are they? So it's not much use having fresh sprouts in season. Um, at the moment, because they're not. And so I might have to... Frozen is exactly the same. I think Frozen is the same. Harper is the name of the new concert hall in Reykjavik. Was the baby conceived on the waterfront there, says Janet? You're asking the wrong person. I have no idea at all, I'm afraid. And Steve, as the Beckham, says Paul Wrights, are known for supposedly naming the baby after the place they think it was conceived... If that's the right name, how about being the Harper's and Queen magazine office? If she was doing a photo shoot there. As for it being a Victorian name, other than Henrietta and Hyacinth, the only other H name I can think of was the violinist Yehudi Menuhin's sister, who was saddled with the name Hepzibar. By the way, have you heard about who's on Penn and Teller this week? I believe it's Nick Einhorn. I believe it's Nick Einhorn on Penn and Teller this week. <laughs> Gary Barlow turned bouncer to remove a weirdo wannabe having a strop on stage. This is Michael Lewis, who is booed off for his Michael Jackson. You see, they've wasted every time again on the X Factor. They're bringing back people because they've run out of stupids. And so here he is again. This is silly little Michael Lewis. And uh, Michael 27 didn't go well. He did Jerry Halliwell's Look at Me. He was the very silly person who came on with makeup, and they went, I'm sorry, you're stupid, go away. So he's come back again. Now, the producers know that he's been thrown off first time round. So they put him on a second time. Why? Because he's stupid. And we laugh at the stupids on the programme. So they really shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have bothered. Mind you, I thought the Beckhams were fairly prolific with children. Shane Ritchie wants to adopt a child after becoming a father for the fifth time. He's now got five children. And he says here, there's enough love in this house and enough room. I know, dear, but is there enough money? That's the point. You know, EastEnders doesn't go forever. And if it doesn't, what do you do then? 
have to f- get them up chimneys. That's what I say. Get them up chimneys. Uh, David Hasselhoff has put his famous red trunks back on again. Oh dear, something odd about David. He's not all there, is he, in the brain department? Uh, Kim Kardashian. Oh, ghastly family. Ghastly. Not even going to mention them. I was watching the Housewives, at the Real Housewives of Orange County, again the other day. They are really nasty people. I didn't realise just how awful they were. They all bitch about each other. They all hate each other. They're all bleach blonde, and they're all sort of over-enhanced with makeup and surgery and, and tacky jewellery and, and husbands who look like they're sort of mafia bouncers. Horrible people. Really ghastly. I do fancy going, though, just to see if they're really like that when you go over there and go, what do you look like normally? With Nick Ferrari this morning is Andrew Pierce, consultant editor of the Daily Mail and LBC presenter. Uh, they're going to be looking at the papers. And also, who is the worst offender in the phone hacking investigation? Andy Heyman is going to be talking about that. Ultimately, they'll say it's a failure of journalism. Uh, B Sky B, where do we stand now on that one? Tessa Jal will be talking about it. And um, has the Murdoch effect in Britain ultimately been good or bad? They'll be talking to a, a former senior Labour spin doctor. And Murdoch has done a lot for Britain, says Andrew Gilligan. It's amazing, actually, writing in the Sun today, they're all saying, oh, you know, people have been knocking Murdoch and everything else. I thought, well, they have to brown-nose him because he's in the country at the moment. Best to be seen to be brown-nosing the man who's just axed 200 jobs. Not a, not a word for the poor people who lost their, their jobs, I'm afraid, down at the News of the World. Bit of a shame. Uh, talking of sprouts, says Lynn. I love sprouts, but don't worry. Soon be Christmas and lots of fresh sprouts for you. I love the I cannot wait for sprouts. I'm, I'm getting withdrawal symptoms. Even as I speak this morning, I'm getting withdrawal symptoms. I'll try and cope with it because I'm going to go home and I'm definitely going to have... I'm going to make a big thing of rice with peas and broccoli. And it sounds quite exciting, actually, doesn't it? White rice or brown rice? Right, right, right. I think white rice. I think white rice. I mean, who cares? Honestly, he wants to be healthy on a day like this. It's Monday morning, for goodness sake. And it's 14 minutes to six. <laughs> These are the headlines. Rupert Murdoch yesterday flew into London to take personal charge of the phone hacking scandal. It comes as pressures mounted on the government to freeze News Corporation's proposed takeover of B Sky B. A man's been stabbed in Gants Hill. Police were called at around 2.30 this morning to Headley Approach, where they found the man, believed to be in his early 20s, suffering stab wounds. And the Beckhams have named their new baby daughter Harper Seven. The, girl, the couple's fourth child and first girl was born in Los Angeles yesterday. Let's have a check on the state of the road, shall we? For this morning, it's Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Well, following the stabbing you've just mentioned in Gants Hill, Cranbrook... Morning, everybody. It's uh, 12 minutes to six. 12 minutes to six. Tight Peter. You remember Peter who wouldn't spend 5p on a carrier bag. He says, always thought giving to charity was a choice. Well, not if you want to shop in Marks and Spencers and buy a bag. Quite clearly, you can't afford to shop in Marks and Spencers. He said, are you telling me the small shops charging for bags are all giving the money to charity? They don't charge for bags. None of the small shops. Where are you going to? You are a peculiar person, aren't you? Perhaps you're on medication or something. But uh, I've never been in a small shop yet that charges. Iceland don't charge. Boots don't charge. My chemist uh, goods don't charge. I've never met the the, uh, Paul Cooper's fruit and veg don't charge. WH Smith's don't charge. Poundland don't charge. Where are you going to? Do they charge in... I suppose if you're going to KFC when you're carrying out your fat food, they, they, they charge there for a bit. No, they don't charge for a bag there either. In fact, nobody charges for a bag. The Chinese takeaway charge for a bag? No, they don't. No, they don't. Need to get out a little bit more. Uh, Stephen Bridlington, he says, I wonder what they're going to call the next child, Blake's Seven or Watney's Party Seven. Bizarre, isn't it? I think, it, I th- I d- I think later on it's going to emerge it's not Harper Seven at all, because that has got to be stupid, I've ever heard. And, um, Steve, please keep your car tax and insurance up to date. The, the Metropolitan Police don't have the manpower to keep watch while you empty the boot. Eddie, thank you. 
You're so right, actually. We do worry about that. I did look at it the other day, actually, currently in the boot of the car. I, have, I bought a boot tidy. It's, it's a very nice boot tidy, but it's full up. Because I keep buying sat-navs. I don't know why it's fitted in the car anyway, but I didn't have it fitted in the last car. And, and I've got all sorts of strange things in there. So I'm waiting for the Royal British Legion to have their next, uh, their next charity thing. And then Di will be phoning me up going, uh, have you got any things for charity? I'll be going, yes, quite a few things at the moment. Quite a few things. But you are right. You are quite right. Uh, taking time to empty my boot. Actually, Eddie, we, we probably could have got you in the boot at one time. Not at the moment, though. You could probably live. You, you could have lived in my boot ages and ages ago. And um, and Jacqueline says, White Rice, I'm sorry to see this in the nicest po- possible way. That's why you're fat. No, I'm fat because I'm diabetic, actually, and you're extremely rude. I've never met anybody so rude. Good Lord. That's why diabetics... Uh, I'm diabetic. I'll have to explain the uh, pros and cons of it. What a rude person you are. I've looked at... Um, supermarkets there's no sprouts at all it's not sprout season Roy says why does Teller not speak Uh, it's part of the act he does speak actually I've heard him speaking in fact I heard him speaking only a short while ago but uh, it's part of the act if he sort of keeps quiet then it's a bit like the the Marx Brothers I suppose Um, did you see the young lad on Pell and Teller on Saturday night just waiting for you to say he was affected it's my birthday today. I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't see Penn and Teller on Saturday. I can't remember what I saw on Saturday. Saw a very good man doing a phone thing, and, and I saw the fish thing, and I saw the other thing, which caused, caused all the controversy. So, I don't know. I forget how many they've got in this series. It's either seven or ten programmes. I think they've, uh, they've still got a few more to go. A few more to go. Uh, on, the, uh, on the front page of the paper today, it's all, it's all Murdoch. And it's all uh, Rebecca, both looking extremely happy as 200 people lose their jobs. I don't know why. They'll be talking about that uh, with Andrew Pearce later on, and Nick Ferrari will be looking at it. I wonder which side they're going to fall down on. But they've got secret files, according to the, uh, the Times this morning, that prove the Murdoch chiefs knew about the scandal. Uh, he's flown in to try and save B Sky B, and the Millie Dowler family are going to number 10 today. Uh, will Rebecca Brooks last? Don't know. Don't know. I, d- I think it's a little bit off to be standing there smiling away when, you know, just down the road, 200 people are now trying to work out what their future is. That's what I find amazing. Uh, they've also got to list him on the papers today. I find the blooming thing. Because it was what we all do in the course of a day. If you are an average family in this country, uh, what you do, what time you get up, uh, what you do when you get up, what car you drive, how much money you earn. And I remember going through it thinking, I'm quite clearly not the average family. So, for a start, they say, if it's Monday, it's spaghetti day. OK, so this is the Great British Average Family Checklist. Your house is a semi on a main street. Your holiday, two ten-day UK trips. You'll have evening meals together three times a week at 5.45. Your weekly shop will be £76 and two pence. Your weekly alcohol bill will be £12. This is the average family. Already I'm not average. Uh, Your weekly entertainment is £15. You have one car. You watch television nine hours a day. Your favourite show is Doctor Who. You have nights out with friends twice a month. Your big family outing is once once a month. You go to bed at 10.39. Who is this family? Who is this family? Your savings are £3,280. You have arguments twice a week. Your mortgage is uh, 53% of you have one. 
with around 32% paid off. Your cash-in wallet is £20.62. pence. Definitely not average on this thing. You exercise twice a week. Don't make me laugh. Your wider family gatherings once a week. Breakfast twice a week as a family. You spent £600 on home improvements last year. Neighbours, two that you speak to. Laundry, five loads a week. Uh, happiness, vast majority. Happy. Well-being, 70% claim they're normal. And chores, four hours, 24 minutes a week with mum doing the most. And that's the average British family checklist. I bet there's none of you fitted to that category at all. None of you at all. And because it's Monday, you have spaghetti. We never had spaghetti on Monday. We never had spaghetti on Monday. And if you're over 50, you're too old for travel cover. They don't want to insure you anymore. I say you, me as well. And, uh, oh, no, sorry, no, you. Just, just you. And uh, it's because you're too old. You're, you're prone for illness. Which is a bit of a shame, isn't it, really? It does become more difficult when you, when you sort of go to get travel insurance. And they go, OK, do you fit any of these categories? I've now started ticking categories. Yes, yes. And then they phone you. Oh, hello. Just checking. Um, do you have your medicine there? Yes. Uh, on the subject of diabetes, can you tell me what tablets you take? I take 850 milligrams of metformin three times a day. And I inject twice a day. I inject uh, 58 uh, units of an evening. And I inject 16 units of a lunchtime. Okay, is that the one sort of insulin? No, it's two sorts of insulin. You take any other tablets? Yes, I do. And then we rattle through the whole lot, and then they start going. Right, there'll be an extra, <laughs> be an extra premium to pay on your travel insurance of forty six pound twenty. How would you like to pay for that? And you want to say to them, I don't want to pay for that. I don't want to pay for that. It's not my fault I'm ill. I can't help it. It's just one of those things. I'm afraid. Weather for today. Let me tell you how it's going to be for this Monday. Most places staying dry. With spells of sunshine, quite warm with light winds, chance of the odd light shower. Here we go, 23 degrees, which is warmer than yesterday. Uh, currently 12 degrees centigrade. I went up to, uh, to the garden centre and bought some plants yesterday. So expensive. You buy, I bought three plants, two, two plants, a little tray of plants. It was something like £12. It's an awful lot, isn't it, for a plant that's not going to be here this time next year. Anyway, the pollen forecast is medium. Sunset is 9.16. Tonight, any remaining showers will soon die away with some evening sunshine, staying dry overnight with clear spells and only light winds. Minimum 16 centigrade, that's warmer than last night. Tomorrow, dry and quite warm for much of the day with sunny spells, but there is the possibility of clouding over later with some rain. And the further three-day forecast, here you go. Wednesday, dry and cloudy. Thursday, sunshine and cloud. Friday, sunny spells, cloud warmer than it has been. So that's not bad, is it? Uh, ITV axing two of their loose women... So we're losing Colleen Nolan, and uh, now you're going to lose Kate Thornton and Zoe Tyler. People are very mixed on Kate Thornton. I thought people... I spoke to a producer a while ago who loved Kate Thornton. They dropped her from the X Factor. I always thought she was okay. I always thought she was okay, but apparently some people just don't like her. Zoe Tyler became a little bit irritating. You know, there's such a thing as telling people about your life, and there's such a thing as telling people too much about your life. And she tells people too much about her life. You know, there's some very odd people out there. You don't tell people everything. And Zoe started telling people she'd found a man, you know, as we know that down the end of the the, uh, the panel, Sherry Houston can't find a man for love nor money, mainly because she's barking mad. Absolutely cracker she is. But entertaining. But uh, they've decided they're going to lose those two. Whereas, you see, I would have lost Denise Welsh. I'd have brought back Jane McDonald. We like Jane McDonald. She, Jane had what I call, and it's, it's very, very hot in television terms, the common touch. You know, she, she could relate to all sorts of people. You go to a Jane McDonald concert and you'll see all sorts of people there. I don't really know 
whether or not Kate Thornton still has her way with the British public. They, there's obviously some way that they've sort of fallen out, and it's a shame, really, because I don't know whether the programme's run its course. It's hemorrhaging audience like there's no tomorrow. Same way that Coronation Street has, because the storylines are so ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, top ten cat names now. Uh, they've revealed the most popular names for dogs and cats in the country. They surveyed the names of 36,000 pets. Top of the, uh, the dog names, Poppy. Top of the cat names, Poppy. Bottom, Monty for cats and Rosie for a dog. Life's full of mysteries. Why do... Morning, everybody. Well, while we're saying that Baby Beckham is going to be called Harper 7... Although we're totally of the opinion, when asked, David Beckham said, when asked what time she was born, he went half past seven, and people thought that was what the name was. Perhaps he didn't understand the question. The Daily Star thinks she's called Beverly. Bev Beckham. It sounds a bit like a darts player, doesn't it? No, no, she's staying up to the hockey now. It's Bev Beckham. <laughs> you can just see it. She's going to be one of those sort of children. She's going to be very pampered, whatever happens, but it is just woman has baby, OK? Just kind of get it into perspective. More from the newspapers, the other side of the news at six. You're tuned to LBC 97.3. It's early breakfast with Steve Allen. Nick and the team with you at seven, but the news at six in a matter of seconds. On FM, online and digital... Re- Morning, everybody. Monday morning, you're tuned to LBC 97.3. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. It might be a nice day, actually, for Monday. Traditionally, your worst day of the week, because you're lying there thinking, I really don't want to get up today. I really want to stay in bed. But come on, get up. It's worth getting up. As soon as you're actually up and you've had the shower, that's the fine. Or failing that, if you're not going to have the shower, then you have the, the strip, licking a promise wash kind of thing, and you throw some clothes on. Once you're outside, it's great. It's lovely. It really is nice. Uh, well done to Gary because he, he did the British London 10-kilometre race yesterday for Anthony Nolan. Fantastic day, he says. And I see the 25,000-plus runners. Uh, amazing to see them. Even the spectators cheering gave me goosebumps. He did manage a respectable time of 50 minutes. However, it did take a good few minutes to actually find a space to start running. So I could have had my fastest yet. I'm now getting ready for the next race in a couple of weeks' time, called the Spartan Challenge. It's one of those mud and water things. Get me within a million miles of it. But uh, well done, 50 minutes. That's not bad, is it? For 10 kilometres, 50 minutes. I wouldn't like to imagine how long it would take me to do 10 kilometres. <laughs> It'd dance like longer than, uh, than the 50 minutes. Nick Ferrari and the team with you in about 51 minutes' time this morning. And the news of the world has ended, but the phone hacking investigations are still carrying on. Nick will be asking who you feel is the worst offender, the journalists themselves or the police who fumbled the initial investigation. Former member of the Met Police, Andy Heyman, will be explaining how he feels the police did everything they could at the time. Nick will be speaking to hacking victim Tessa Jowell about the News Corporation bid for B-Sky B and how that now stands. And with the news that Rupert Murdoch has landed in the United Kingdom to take control of the situation, Nick will be asking whether his long-standing influence in Britain has been a positive one. That and the rest of the day's news this morning from 7 o'clock with uh, Nick Ferrari. So they're all going to be in. I wonder, really, they, uh, there's a, a very interesting... They're going to be talking to Peter Burden, who's the author of a book, News of the World, Fake Shakes and Royal Trappings. And all the, the journalists who lost their jobs the other day, and I have no doubt that many of them will find gainful employment, including Mazia Mahmood and Carol Malone and people like that, they will, all, they will all do very well because they've all got names and people know what sort of journalism they're going to get. They know if you're going to employ Carol Malone, you're going to get a hard-hitting column. Uh, but many of them now appear on television, so the newspapers almost sort of seem to take a, a second 
a second look-in, I'm afraid, because everybody, whether you work on radio or wherever, newspapers, wherever it happens to be, they pop up on so many television programmes which seem to have outlets for talking heads. Talking of talking heads, you probably heard the clip on the news of Prince William in Tinseltown. They did very well over there. When you consider how young they are, when you consider how young they are, they did very well indeed. And they can now, you know, hold their head up high because they were chatting to the likes of Tom Hanks and Barbara Streisand and, oh, just some, some great people. And everybody liked them. I was always amazed that they had uh, the Beckhams were over there. Didn't get to see her, but they did get uh, him. And that was uh, what they talked about. I've got no idea. And Stephen Fry was there as well. He likes muscling in on royalty to Stephen Fry, I think. And um, they've got some great pictures in the papers. Also, the Roonies could be turning up. This is uh, Wayne and Colleen. Could be turning up in the only way as Essex after they bumped into a couple of the Oompa Loompas down at some race meeting. And they said, uh, what big fans we are. And so the producers say, well, they could have a, a cameo role. Sisters Sam and Billy. One looks so much older than the other one. I can't believe that one at the oldest is 21. I thought she was about 40. I seriously looked at pictures of them. They're in 20 and 21. But uh, Colleen has told them she wants to come down to Essex and eye up all the latest designs. <laughs> yeah, right. So the designs from Brentwood or the designs from Cricket. I don't really think there's any, uh, any comparisons here at all, is it? I don't think so. Not really. Um... Tears as JLS pull out of the festival, mainly because they weren't given enough time for rehearsing. They were there on time, being professional boys, and uh, somebody at uh, T4 on the beach screwed up big time. Uh, here's all the papers are full of pictures of a very happy, smiling Mr Murdoch, who's 80, incidentally, 80. I thought he was about 79. And uh, Mrs Brooks, he said to treat her like a daughter, so there's no chance she's going to be fired any day soon, but both looking extremely happy. Can't imagine why. I thought they'd both be looking a bit sort of down in the dumps, having just fired 200 people. But uh, she might be interviewed by the police later on today. We'll keep you up to date with that. And Ashley Cole plans to whisk Cheryl off for a second honeymoon. Do what you like, mate. Nobody really cares anymore. Really, we don't care. And who's going to beat Mickey Mouse as the world's biggest earning film icon? You're right, Harry Potter. The boy wizard and his mates are set to top the Disney character, plus comic superheroes Batman and Superman. The J.K. Rowling creation may rake in £20 billion through theme parks, new merchandise and global TV spin-offs. It's amazing how kids love it, isn't it? Perhaps owls will become terribly popular as pets. You know, we're not... Go- I don't want a gerbil. What do you want? I want an owl. Like Harry- Would you like an owl? I went to an Essex show a short while ago, and they had a man there who had some falcons and some owls. And some of them are very nice. They've got a lovely one at London Zoo, which they use in their Birds of Prey show. And it's, it's, it's a fun little owl because it can run at the same time along the ground. It looks really cute, and, and it's, it's really lovely. And you think, I've never seen people having owls. I'm not sure what the law is on having an owl as a pet. I watched a programme, one of these survival things yesterday on the television, which was looking at the life of polar bears... And uh, the mother, who stays under the snow and ice for goodness knows how long, and then pops her head up and has a good look round, and, uh, and then takes the cubs out. And then, of course, the one thing she's got to be careful of, not necessarily uh, the snow and the ice, but male bears. Because male polar bears will kill baby polar bears purely for mating purposes. The lions do it in exactly the same way. And so mothers will generally try and sort of save as many as possible. In this particular case, this mother had two cubs, one of whom uh, was just too weak and didn't survive, and then got eaten by the male bear who was following them. All a bit traumatic for everybody, actually. Um, who's flying away here? Oh, yes, Joe McKeldry. I must mention Joe McKeldry. I do not know. You'll have to tell me who won Pop Star to Opera Star last night. Because did Joe win? Holly thinks it was Joe who won. So anybody tell me on that? But uh, Bucks Fizz are appearing tonight at the London Palladium. 
and apparently they've invited Joe McKeldry to join them. Because he, you remember he was dumped by Simon Cowell. I did think it had been quite a while. It's like Matt Cardle. There's been, you know, huge gaps between him winning The X Factor and anything coming out. So I don't really know whether or not there's going to be an album out or whether they've left it too long and they're concentrating on somebody like Ollie Murs or or anybody else in the competition. Because you've got the new one coming along soon. As I mentioned earlier, we we know Dawn has been down to some of the, uh, the auditions, so she's been filling us in on sort of who to look out for on these things. And uh, there's certainly some names, but a lot of them, they've come back from last year. So in other words, they don't really have enough people. It's almost running out of steam. We'll still watch it, because if you've still got that silly Michael Jackson impressionist from last year, he's, he's back in again. Having sort of kicked him out last year, he's come back again. You'd have thought the producers would have said, listen, you weren't any good. You know, it's... Pff, you know, why don't you just stay at home? You're quite clearly not, you know, not all there. And he's gone, oh... And so they had to... Gary Barlow had to be about it. Get off the stage. Because it's now become embarrassing, isn't it, really? Talking of unusual co- uh, dog names, Colin, the Springer Spaniel's now a year old, says Darren. But after this time, Colin is the only name he could be now. They're listing all these different names for dogs. I still like Jasper. I still like Jasper as a name. I think it's a very good name. Colin. I'm not sure about Colin, the Springer Spaniel. Um, more on loose women. They're, they're trying to, to save the programme because it's hemorrhaging viewers. Perhaps they could put Kerry Katona on. She doesn't appear to have a job or a career. Perhaps she could go on there and spout off about how vacuous her life has been for ages and how she's bored the entire country. No, I don't think we could, could we? We'll try and put some intelligent women on there. Because apparently not even Janet Street Porter has halted the slide. But mind you, every time she opens her mouth, you think... I mean, I know sometimes what she says is really good, but you do think, oh, shut up, shut up. You know, I mean that in a caring way, as you understand. 16 minutes past six. Check on the news headlines this morning with Sam Pittis. It's understood Chief Executive of News International Rebecca Brooks is to be questioned. James with you a little bit later on this morning. 17, no, it's 18 minutes past six this Monday. Guess who's making a comeback? Guess who's making a comeback? I couldn't be more excited. Sooty! Sooty's making a comeback. They've decided that he's going to be updated. So uh, him and his pals are going to make a 26-part series... Uh, pal Sue the Panda will become more equal and not just left to do the housework. Oh, she enjoyed doing the housework, I think. But they're going, and they're going to give Sooty an iPod as well. So Sooty's been updated. So here it is. But uh, he is going to keep his catchphrase, Izzy Wizzy, let's get busy. So that's good. But Sue is not going... They, they've gone all PC, I'm afraid. And uh, so it's Sue, Sweep and Sooty will have a much more equal role. Well, I don't know. I liked it when Sue did the housework. I thought she was she was better suited for the housework. She was a bit weak. Uh, but I love the idea that they're going to give Sooty uh, an iPod. And he's going to have a laptop as well. How he's going to operate that with his paws, I've got no idea, because I struggle with doing my phone at the moment. And Peter Andre, uh, he has a new show on the television. He says it's going to replace my reality show, probably, because it's... I mean, he's really dreadful. He really is dreadful. It's, it's just... It's not his fault. He's just a bit soppy on the television. He's 40, but he's a bit of a drip, I'm afraid. And uh, in an effort to get an audience for this show, and I don't think it's going to do it, really, um, he, he goes out there, and he's not allowed to pay for anything. He has to blag things. He tried to blag something, and the bloke said, do you want to snog my wife? And so Peter was shocked by this. You know, if Peter Andre was 12, you could understand it, not a 40-year-old man. I mean, surely he has seen the film with Demi Moore. Or perhaps he hasn't, I don't know. Uh, and here's the former vicar. Oh, no, so he's not a former vicar, he's a current vicar. He's Andrew Allington, and he romanced Hazel Trudgeon. There's a name and a half. 
uh, after they met at a village fete last year. And they, they, they've now got married. Uh, she's 35, and he's, he's 19 years older. He's 54. He called their fate meeting Passion at First Sight. I think actually lust would tend to be the... I don't know about romance. But anyway, um, they're all very happy. And so the papers have printed a picture of her in her topless modelling days, which was good. Oh, it was. Joe McKeldry was crowned winner of pop star to opera star. He says, uh, after finding out he'd beaten Cheryl Baker... Joe said, honestly, I've had an absolute blast with Cheryl. I love her to bits. He's only about two foot tall, poor soul. Uh, and Cheryl added, I didn't expect to get this far, and he's fantastic. I've had my money on Joe from the beginning. So hopefully she's made a bit of money out of it. So well done to him. And uh, who knows where this will take him. I don't know. He was dropped by Simon Cowell's psycho label back in April. And he's now saying, I might pursue a career in opera. You see, I find this quite interesting, because people do a programme, and then they go... I think I'll do that now. It's like Kerry Katona, you know, bewildered and delusional, as much as Nancy, uh, said the other week, oh, I, th- I think I'll go into acting. Um, I think I'll do some acting now. Having, having decided in her tiny mind that it was so easy, you just play somebody else. And, and she thought that's all you had to do. You only got to look at people on the television. When you sit there and you watch them and you think what you're doing is really very good, or on the other hand, you watch somebody and you think what you're doing is absolutely dreadful, you're not at all believable, you just appear to have learnt some words and have read them. You know, that, that's what I find interesting, and that's when I think that people like Kerry Katona, I think after Max Clifford said, probably quite unwisely, that she could be the new Barbara Windsor. I thought, nobody can be the new Barbara. There is no such thing as the new Barbara Windsor. We have one Barbara Windsor. There's no new Barbara Windsor. Do you remember that girl who turned up on the television doing the um, animal programmes? They was going, everybody was saying, she's the new David Attenborough. And I said, no, she's not. She's not the new David Attenborough. We've got David Attenborough. We don't want any, any sort of, you know, people who sort of model themselves on him. And then I said to him, I remember asking him, and I said, who could take over from you, you know, when you, when you depart? And he said, nobody. And he was quite right. Absolutely nobody at all. Nobody at all. Ridiculous. Poor old cage fighter Alex Reed, otherwise known as that big girl's blouse, has come out of retirement to take on an opponent who called him a pussy. I didn't even know, actually, that Alex Reed had gone into retirement. I wasn't aware, actually, that he was any good at all. Or did he do something that he wasn't too bad? He's come out of retirement. Whereas Ricky Hatton, I think, is... What was Ricky Hatton doing? Oh, Ricky Hatton might be going on to the dancing programme. I worry somewhat. Won't worry some. And here it is. Tears and pride as Emma and the boys um, look back over ten years of wizard movies. They were... I just find it amazing. The person who's done the best, really, is Daniel Radcliffe, as you would expect him to do. The person who has done the least, as far as I'm concerned, is Emma Watson. Rupert Grint hasn't done a great deal. And there's a load of other people. But it's, uh, it's Daniel who's sort of grown... Not in stature, strangely enough. Out of all of them, he's the shortest. But he seems to have done the most on stage and done the most films. So, good for him. Chat show host Alan Carr. We had Alan Carr on In Conversation, you remember, caused the hoff to uh, to get the huff when he invited him on the show. The camp comic stunned the former Baywatch star by offering him a Bacardi breezer. But David Hasselhoff, who's battled alcoholism, declined and opted for water. And then Carr bought up the thorny issue of the 27-year-old age gap between him and his new Welsh girlfriend, Hayley Roberts. The Britain's Got Talent judge tried to laugh it off, saying it doesn't bother me a a bit. But then mischief-maker Carr asked his daughters, Hayley and Taylor Ann, who were also guests for their views, and they stumbled to answer. Clearly annoyed, Hasselhoff barked to them, you took too long to answer. 
embarrassing, isn't it? Your father goes out with somebody really, really young. I can imagine, actually, I've seen David Hasselhoff when he sort of turned a bit. We were discussing a very famous person upstairs, Holly and I, who we shall not name on the programme, who has a television image of being absolutely charming and lovely and wonderful. But, in fact, in, in real life, it's absolutely ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. So we're not going to mention who that is, are we? Definitely not. Uh, Steve, I bought fresh sprouts in Sainsbury's. Blanche says, why don't you try asparagus? I do like asparagus. I'm not big... I don't know what to do with it. I just tend to sort of cut it up. I might put it in the rice today, the white rice. And uh, from Adam in Southend, there's a programme which my daughter watches on the Disney Channel called Wizards of Waverley Place, which has a character called Harper. Ironically, the character designs her own clothes, but the running joke is that she's got no fashion sense. (laughs) Very naughty. I've never heard of that. Wizards of Waverley Place, but it's a great title, isn't it? Um, Steve, the question that should be asked, read the Beckham's new baby, is there any room on David to tattoo the baby's name? Well, I suppose you could have Harper and then just the number seven. That would be fine, wouldn't it? (laughs) Malcolm says... Steve, the Beckham's going to try for another baby shortly, and they're going to be calling it After Eight. Since we've had the half... What time was it born? Harper Seven. Uh, what do you think of the masked magician, says Malcolm? I think he's an idiot. His name is... I can't remember what his name now is. He's a failed magician. God, it'll come to me very shortly. But, uh, no, I don't like the masked magician. Never did like him. Only because he's exposing what other people do for a living. It would be pointless, wouldn't it? It'd be like me sort of doing a show on, say, for example, Penn and Teller, and going, you see that this trick here... I'll tell you exactly how that was done. It ruins it. Best you don't know these things. Best you don't know. Paula in Southampton says, I was wondering if it's true when you said that Dallas is on its way back to the screens. Yes, yes. It's, this is looking at the Dallas children. And that's going to be the, uh, the spin-off. They've, they've commissioned ten programmes. They did a pilot earlier in the year. We know because uh, Larry Hagman was sort of getting very excited. He's now quite old, quite old. And uh, I always liked him, though. I just thought the character was good, and then people grow into the character. Swellen we love, because she was drunk all the time. And she lurched up and down the stairs of <coughs> South Fork. And when you look at the house on the television, it, it did appear to be terribly cheap and horrible, didn't it, really? Because they should have used a mansion. Just down the road from me, we go walking. Uh, Graham and I, we do you know, the Richmond Riverside walk most days, because it's a good two miles there and two miles back. And there's a house that they pulled down... And it was a very nice house. It looked like a bit art, art and crafty. And I think it was on the market for about three and a half million. And it's at the end of this road. You have to drive through a few naff houses. And then at the very end you get it. And it goes down to the river. But it doesn't. It goes to the towpath. And so they started building this house. And this house has grown over the last two years. And you can't really see it very well from the river. Because they've, you could originally. But they've planted all trees in there now. And you can't see through. But it's got big gates that they've put up. And it all looks pretty modern. And they've got security and everything else. And I kept thinking, um, how much have they spent on this house? How much is it going to go for? And we were talking to a young man and his dogs, who we see most days. And he said, it's up on the market for, wait, wait for this, 50 million. 50 million pounds. And they keep the gates open at the moment because the person who owns it has not moved in. And uh, my friend Graham, who's a bit bolder than I am, went up and had a word with, um, with one of the security men there. And uh, one of the guys was showing him pictures on his phone of the indoor swimming pool, the staircase. It's really fantastic. It's been sold. They've sold it for 47 million pounds. I don't think we've had a house. Didn't even come on the market. It's sold. It, it, it sells... 
you know, in a way that people in the know will say, listen, we're looking for a house. OK, well, there's one here, 48 million. OK, we'll take it. There's probably the chance they'll never, ever live in it. But it's uh, somebody from, where are they from? Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan? Whoever it is, it's a very young oligarch. So it's somebody who's made a lot of money very quickly. And they spend it on property here. But they hardly, they're a little bit like um, Roman Abramovich. You know, all that money, not bad for a former market trader, is it? Not bad for a former market trader. And he's got all that money, and so they spend it on houses, and they spend it on art, and, and they really, they, they don't fit into any part of society, except for the fact they have got a lot of money. So I can't wait to see who's actually going to move into this house. Because if they've spent £48 million buying it, how much are they going to spend furnishing it? And the answer is probably about £5 million. It's another world, isn't it? It's another world. I could have bought it if I'd won the 166 million on front, but I didn't. And nobody won the 166 million. So, in fact, it remains for tomorrow, 166 million pounds, and the rest of it will then just go for good causes. Confused.com about rising. Amazing, isn't it? There's uh, a woman in the paper today. She is Britain's most prolific single mother. She's got, uh, I think, 11 children, and uh, her 15 year old daughter is on benefits, just like Mum, and she's just got pregnant as well. What a marvellous, marvellous family they really must be. Uh, and would you ever pay £3.50 for a tube of toothpaste? Apparently, Oral-B has brought out... Um, do you know, to be honest with you, I don't know how much toothpaste costs nowadays. How much is it? Is £3.50 a lot? But they say here that uh, Oral-B protects against decay, whitens, looks after gums, reduces sensitivity, blah, blah, and all for £3.50, ladies and gentlemen. So there you go. Pro-expert, they say, is the most expensive mass-market toothpaste. In contrast, Colgate Tooth Advanced, which also makes similar claims, costs £2.39, and Aquafresh's Complete Care is about £2.59. £3.50. Will people pay more? Of course they'll pay more. I see these whitening kits, even in supermarkets, and they seem to cost an absolute fortune. Absolute fortune now. Never mind. Doesn't matter, because, uh, say, just go out and buy it and stick it in the bathroom. I don't think anybody knows what toothpaste they use. Was it Signal? Is that the one with the stripes on it, which I quite liked? And I used to think the stripes were in the tube, until I discovered that it wasn't. It's the little things. If you look inside the top of the tube, three little things in there, which hold the colour pigment. It's just white toothpaste. And when you squeeze it, it goes through these things, and that, that puts the coating on. I was very disappointed. It's like putting the lead in pencils. Another story. 25 minutes to uh, 7 is the time. Darren Tossel is back with us again to give you an idea of where to go this Monday. I hope it's somewhere that's indoors, seeing as it might rain later on. Uh, well, there's a new series at the Barbican, good morning to you, by the way, called morning. Watch Me Move. Mm-hmm. It's a major showcase of animated imagery by artists, filmmakers and industry pioneers for the past 150 years been divided in seven themes, including characters, superhumans, and visions. There's going to be all sorts of uh, uh, films and exhibitions, including early time-lapse photography, famous cartoon creations such as Tom and Jerry, The Simpsons, and Betty Boop, uh, anime works as well, and 3D films, including Toy Story and Creature Comforts from Nick Park, and uh, all sorts of stuff. It's running from now until the 11th of September. There's something for everyone down there. So, uh, you know the Sooty's making you. a comeback? I do indeed. Yeah. He's been given an iPod this time round. I know. I was chatting to him at Saturday at Magic Circle. He was telling me all about it. Isn't that a lovely idea? I quite like the idea he's coming. An iPod and an iPad. And, um, I mean, how, how, how wise. <laughs> <laughs> he must be sponsored this time round. Otherwise, he could have anything, couldn't he, really? I doubt if he's been sponsored by iPod or Apple, but... Uh... 
Funny you should have those too. You'd think he'd just have a mobile phone, but they've specifically yeah. said that he's having an, an, I, an iPod and an iPad. Well, why would he have a mobile phone? Well, he doesn't speak, does he? Well, that is true. But also, Sue's being given a more <laughs> upmarket thing. As opposed to her cleaning the house, she's going to be more equal with them, which I think is quite sweet. Jolly good. <laughs> Talking of puppets, um, continuing at the Barbican, there's an event called Lullaby. Have you heard about this? No. It's where you go to the Barbican. There's um, 49 pods or 50 pods and you spend the night there and they have all these um, puppets and people dressed up in various costumes to send you to sleep and you sleep at the Barbican pit for for the night. Oh. And quite honestly, I can't think of anything worse. No, I can't. Night in the <laughs> sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. And the show continues until everybody's asleep. So uh, hopefully he'll go to sleep fairly quickly. Otherwise, it could be rather a long night. Oh, dear, I wouldn't want to do that. Can you imagine four in the morning? I'm not asleep yet. Continue. <laughs> oh, dear. Kids, kids um, love that sort uh, of thing, though, don't they? Yeah, so it's, they say it's a bit of a cross between things like Sesame Street and Play Days and all sorts of other stuff. But uh, for adults, by the way, not kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um rather bizarre. So if you fancy a, uh, a, an evening with a singing octopus who will send you to sleep, then uh, the Barbican needs to sing. It's one until the end of July. Now, Olympic Games through the lens is another exhibition which coincides with the Olympic Games taking place next year. And it's a survey of modern Olympic Games from Athens in 1896 all the way through to London 2012. And uh, uh, all sorts of stuff, including Olympic villages from around the world. Um, people's experiences, some of us big stars, Olga Corbett, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, all sorts of other things mm. that's uh, taking place as of now. Sensational Butterfly is down at the Natural History Museum on 25th September. And Museum of 1951 is taking place on the South Bank until the 4th of September and is an exhibition of art, design and memorabilia from the South Bank Centre's archives. So you're going to get stuff from things like the Festival of Britain, building of the various buildings down there. And um, the 60th anniversary of the Festival of Britain. Do you remember that, Steve? Uh, I don't, of course not. No, of course <laughs> don't not. think so. Although you went to Battersea Farm for us, you? I did, yes, absolutely, yeah. yes. Which Would you was, be... uh... I don't remember, actually, I mean, I, when I went there a short while ago, well, fact, about a year ago, I think, uh, all that's remaining of the funfair is the steps leading down. Yes, and some of the... Um... The fountain's still there. Yeah. And there was talk of bringing it back, I think, some time ago. I don't know why they didn't. It would be a perfect place to bring it back. It's, uh, how you would make it all the time, I don't know. Well, you, you just do it through the summer season, but it's one of the things we don't have in, in London. If you think about a place like Vienna, they have fun there, don't they? Yes, all the time, yes. And um, a place like Montreal and New York. All the main we could have one here in Leicester Square. We have, a, we have uh, one in Leicester Square and they have about six rides in there for the, for the Christmas season. But, but you, yeah. you, you could definitely have a funfair place permanently somewhere in London. That was the prior big theme park. I guess we've got Chessington and Tall Park and all the other rubbish yeah. that goes around. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like the idea of having something similar to Vienna, which is open. Although a lot of the time the, the Vienna one is, is, uh, is very sort of quiet, because people go there, a lot of them, you know, A, to do the rides, but B, to play the fruit machines. They've got thousands and thousands. It's like going to a mini Las Vegas. Um, the City of London Festival continues until um, the middle of this month. There's an exhibition called Oceanic Art. There's another one um, called Oceana, Voyages and Discoveries. You can see they're doing a sort of um, ocean theme this year. Um, to 
tomorrow, uh, sorry, tonight, there's the organ recital with Stephen Disley down at the Southern Cathedral. And also today at uh, the Two Temple Place, David Peer does festival lectures. So uh, if you want more information of that, go to their website, C-O-L-F, org. Whole series of stuff continuing until the end of this month. Excellent. Is that enough for you, or would you well, like then, me to tell that'll you keep, That'll keep me going for today. I just wish they'd hurry up and finish off Leicester Square. Because this board going away, year. it's going to dry. I know, it's another year we've got to wait for it. I hope it's worth it. Yeah. I'll keep looking over the top to see all the different things that they're doing. And so far, they just appear to have dug it up and put lots of pipes in. So perhaps it's going to be some giant water garden. You'll be sitting on a seat and all of a sudden water will shoot up from in front of you and behind you. Hopefully. That's an idea for the tourists. It'll be nice. You've heard, heard what the Beckhams apparently have called their uh, child? Uh, Dawn. Harper Seven. <laughs> I know. I'm still, I'm still thinking it's a joke. I mean, Harper Seven, the number seven. It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, they had a, was she on too much gas or something when they gave her this thing? <laughs> Harper Seven. Harper. I've never even heard of it before. A lot of people are saying it could be the Harper Valley PTA, which was a song by um, somebody years and years ago. But I don't think it is. And the, the, other people have said it's an old-fashioned English name. Well, I've been through the old-fashioned English names. I can't find it anywhere. Harper um, generally means somebody who it. plays... This is reported on uh, Sky and on everything else. Oh, OK. I mean, it, it's the stupid... Harper Seven Beckham. We think somebody said to Davy Boy, you know, what time was the baby born? He went, Harper Seven. <laughs> and uh, and it, it just went from there. And then they got carried away. Somebody else misheard. And it, it's called what? Harper Seven? So they've written down Harper Seven. I'm com- I mean, I can't believe in this real world they've seriously called a girl, called a girl Harper. I don't know well, anybody called Harper. No. Ridiculous. Good luck to them, both. I think they could have... Congratulations. Sh- yes, she could have been called Lynn or Beryl or something like that. <laughs> Beryl, Beryl Beckham. Beryl, Beryl Beckham. Beckham. <laughs> I like the idea. Harper Seven. Do me a favour. Uh, so, mind you, they've got Cruz. Who's the other it's one? It's not Harper got? Seven. It's 20 to 7. It certainly is. It's not, actually. It's 18 <laughs> minutes to 7. So there you go. Uh, Talk to you on Sunday. <laughs> Looking forward to you already. Thank you very much indeed. Mal reminds me that Valentino is the name of the masked magician. This is the masked magician. He, he couldn't possibly have gone on there without the mask on, because I think magicians would have had him shot. And he would go on there and show a trick, and then he would say, and actually, this is how it works. You know, which is, it's a bit stupid of him. He is a bit stupid, and people have pulled him apart for it, but it's the only way he could ever make a living. He was a useless magician, I'm afraid. Maxine in Elstree says, maybe David's been reading of Mice and Men by Harper Lee in his spare time. Pat reckons that Kate Thornton was very so left-wing. So I didn't think they ever discussed anything of that sort of nature on Loose Women. This is after Kate Thornton has been dropped together with Zoe... Zoe the singer. Tyler, thank you. And uh, she, she'd fit in at the BBC, says Pat. I don't think they want her either. It's a little bit embarrassing at the moment. And uh, Lisa says, uh, if Sooty and Sue are coming back, what about Sweep? Uh, Sweep will, will be coming back. He doesn't... Um, he doesn't... We loved Sweep was like Sweep was the downtrodden one, wasn't it? You could always, if ever there was a victim, Sweep was it. You know, Sue was. Oh, I don't know, Sooty. Could I do this? Oh, go away, you stupid woman! <laughs> and Sooty just Sooty was sort of you know the matriarch of the family, sort of the male version, and Sweep was just a bit of a rebel. Sweep was the one. If you're going to get into trouble, Sweep would be the one getting into trouble. He'd be there. Um, JT from Greenford says, "Isn't it a song?" Harper Seven Valley. No, it was the Harper Valley PTA. And I can't remember who the uh, singer was. I cannot remember. Uh, and Sabina says, please wish my mum, Lindy, a happy birthday. She's 71 today. Good Lord, 71. 
Uh, our Staffordshire Bull Terrier is called Doris, says Stephen Kent. Of course it is. That's just the kind of thing. And, you know, they say, who's going to argue with a dog called Doris? Uh, I says, I know you love London Zoo, but have you been to the Paradise Wildlife Park in Broxbourne? Snow leopards. Oh, I've seen more snow leopards than anybody else. Red pandas. Ooh, meerkats. And my favourite, the tapir. Yes, I've seen those. They're like a cross between a hippo and an elephant wearing stilettos. Uh, Joy tells me that her daughter's Bichon Frise is called Dolly. <laughs> you don't really call a dog Dolly, do you? Is it possible to call a dog Dolly? I love the idea of a Staffordshire Bull Terry called Doris, you know. Big and butch, Doris. I'm Doris. Um, and Barbara says, it's a very odd name, isn't it? Harper Seven. Well, it's stupid. <laughs> you don't have to be nice about it. You just have to go, it's very silly. Jane in Edmonton says, in Canada, we grill asparagus. Steam until fork tender, brush with olive oil, put it on the barbie and grill it to get that beautiful barbecue flavour. Salt and pepper and then enjoy. I'll just do it in hot water. I'm doing it in white rice later on today. It's one of my uh, special recipes. Even Richie says best served as a starter, drizzled with hollandaise sauce. Hope you're well. He said toothpaste to quit. Not this one. This one's £3.50. And all the papers are full of a picture because Fern Britton, at the age of 53, has had a tattoo done on her tummy. And she might have had others done elsewhere. I'm not, not prepared to go into that. But she's had one done of a butterfly. Is she too, At 53, is she too old to have a tattoo? 84850, steve at have a check on the uh, news headlines with Sam Pittis. It's understood Chief Executive of News International, Rebecca Brooks, is to be... Think of Mice and Men was John Steinbeck, so we'll just put, put that one right, just in case people thought it was written by somebody else. And uh, it does turn out that that is the name that they've come up with for the child. That's peculiar, isn't it? Very strange. Uh, Wendy says Harper is the name of Paul Simon's son. Why do celebs think it's their duty to have strange names? I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, Cruz, Romeo... They're all a bit peculiar names when you think of... We've got, we've got kind of used to them now, but they are a bit peculiar, aren't they? Uh, Paul in Dagenham says Marks and Spencer is in very good company. Lidl charge for their bags, too. So they should. I think they absolutely should. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Police are still hunting this gang of travellers who deliberately drowned a pony by pushing it into a lake. I mean, you, you cannot understand the mentality of these people. I mean, stupid doesn't really sum them up at all. Uh, Twelve men and boys had the uh, three of these uh, animals lined up in traps, podium traps, like little carts behind them, and they were forcing them into the water with sticks. One was trying to get back out again, unfortunately drowned because of the weight of the trap, and the other, the, the gang of 12 men and boys, then just drove away in these other traps. What sort of sick people are they? I mean, I've never heard of anybody like that in this country before. These must be the stupidest, sickest people ever. Where do they come from? They're going to find them because they're around Yately. And if you're on a horse and cart around there, it ain't going to take too long to find them. But they do find them because drowning an animal, I mean, you know, whoever it is, it's a criminal offence now. Quite ridiculous, quite ridiculous. I mean, these stupid people. Uh, holidays in Britain and abroad are bribing guests to write glowing reviews. Uh, on the TripAdvisor website in exchange for cash or cut price rooms and meals. We discovered this a while ago. Do you remember? We were, we were going through and somebody said it's very easy to get reviews on various websites saying how marvellous it was. I think Amazon was targeted in one case because it turned out to be some of the companies who were advertising and selling items were writing their own reviews. And now it seems that uh, the, the Cove Hotel offered incentives for positive reviews on TripAdvisor. Uh, it says here... 
the moment your comment goes live on TripAdvisor, we will activate your card. And, uh, and this gives them 10% off food and drink. Uh, in, in return, you become brand champions. So you sort of go there, you give it a nice, positive review, and they give you a card in Cornwall. I mean, it's a bit naughty. It's a bit naughty, but probably not illegal. I should imagine there's all sorts of uh, people doing this to get good... Re- I mean, it's so easy to print your own, isn't it? So easy to print your own reviews. Very, very simple. Uh, at primary school many years ago, our class had a, a lecture on dental hygiene and care by a newly qualified US-trained dentist. He told us that the best whitener was a mixture of table salt and bicarb of soda. Of course, it's the, that's what is in all tooth whiteners. It is bicarb of soda. You don't have to... Uh, go very far to actually find that one. Very, very simple indeed. Salt used to be used a long time ago. So when you used to use the tooth whitening, they used to say it was, I think, for, for people who smoked. You'd, if you actually opened up the... I think it was eucryl. Eucryl was a thing. I'm sure the main ingredient was salt. And it was good. So you can just... If you put some salt and then dab your toothbrush in it, it tastes very nice, but... Um, and then you can do it that way. It'll do exactly the same. But they add all these other little bits and pieces. Uh, Sue... Says, didn't David Beckham wear the number seven? Yeah, that's why they've used number seven. Because he is number seven, so it's Harper Seven. I mean, quite clear, perhaps they'd had a bottle of sherry or something between them. <laughs> I think Harper Seven comes from the series Seven Deadly Sins. Alpha Girl gets what she wants. It is the most peculiar, and the more I think about it, it's just rid- Harper Seven. The number seven. Harper, Harper Seven Beckham. What do you think she's going to end up doing? Suing her parents, I should imagine, for giving her a stupid name. They're not right, are they? Um, Is Harper after Harper's Bazaar, the fashion magazine, and seven because David Beckham plays football with that number, says Carol? No, uh, Harper because apparently it's an old-fashioned English name. Well, I can't find it, because if you check in all the dictionaries, Harper is an abbreviation for somebody who plays the harp. And as far as I know, she hasn't actually come out of the womb playing any instruments as yet. Mind you, merely time, I think. And uh, if Vicky did have another and it was born after eight, perhaps she could call it Mint. Yes, it's just the oddest name ever, isn't it? Very, very strange. We're on our sixth, sixth bulldog now, Steve, and we love choosing names. So far, says Wendy, we've had Billy, Zippy, Bubbles, Spike, Tyke, and our current five-month-old is Bilko. Billy, Zippy, Bubbles, Spike, Tyke and Bilko. I think I've worked with them here at LBC. I'm pretty certain. Certainly Tyke, Spike and Bubbles have worked here before in the past. Steve, Harper 7 kills 99% of all known germs. Stone dead. You couldn't get more chav, could you? (laughs) It's Harper after the magazine. I bet she's so in for fashion. As for David or Vicky reading a book, the child would be called Noddy, said Dee. (laughs) Sounds like an Oprah Winfrey spin-off. Seven must be for the seventh month, given she was born in July. And I think it's the seventh because it's, David had the number seven. Don't try and analyse this too much. It's just a child's name. You wait till it gets to a certain... They'll, they'll, they'll have to change it into something else. Harper Seven. The more I repeat it, the more stupid it becomes, I'm afraid. Harper Valley PTA was sung by Jeannie C. Riley. Was that the one? It was a... Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the Harper Valley PTA. It's good. Um, I'm not saying Harper isn't a pretty odd choice, but there are other Harpers... Normally, the person who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, Seven is just plain weird. No, Seven is, is David's number on the back of his shirt, so that, that seems more applicable. <laughs> just, I still think it's the Harper Seven bit. I think it's the Harper Seven. It's the only bit I can think of. It's all very odd, isn't it? And uh, after we uh, mentioned last week how strange it was to see pictures of uh, uh, the surreal Sinead O'Connor 
who used to be thin and elfin-like with no hair and look all peculiar. Now she's fat and bloated, and it's, they say she's had a car crash love life, a ten-year nervous breakdown, and a sad transformation. Completely different. You'd never recognise her. Have a look in the, uh, in the paper today. You'll see lots of pictures. We have to do it again tomorrow. Lord knows what babies will be born tomorrow. There's be people listening going, you know, Harper Seven sounds such a good name. Perhaps we'll call somebody that as well. Harper Seven. I should worry about that all day now, you know. If you go to the LBC website, check out all the goodies we have on there, and we have lots of goodies on the LBC website, uh, including uh, all the up-to-date pictures. No doubt there'll be baby pictures a little bit later on, which Adrian will put on there, and you can check out uh, all the old LBC stuff. Don't forget to find out how to podcast, because believe you me, if you're going away on holiday very shortly, taking podcasts with you will ease the burden of long flights and boring local radio when you go to foreign parts, Okay, So just go to lbc.co.uk. There's still be discussing hacking rebecca might be interviewed by the police a little bit later on today but she's beaming all over the front pages of the papers as it is i'm back with you tomorrow at five nick and team after seven first of all the business update with sam pittis thank you steve the footsie will open after closing down 63 points at 